Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Welcome to Marianne Live. I'm Marianne Camarado. And like I always say, oh yes I do, great relationships begin within. This hour we have a great treat for you, a super, well for me in particular, I get to talk to one of my professors and introduce you to somebody that I admire and respect wholeheartedly, speaking of the heart, uh, and we're going to be talking about another one of my professor's books, Heartbreak, New Approaches to Healing, Recovering from Lost Love, and Mourning. And I'll explain what that means, my professors, for those of you who are thinking, what are you talking about? Yes, I've been in school, people. I've been trying to (laughs) educate myself here so I can speak to you more intellectually, more intelligently from the heart. So this hour, know that we're going to be talking all about heartbreak, the neuroscience, the neurobiology, the neuropsychology behind heartbreak, and uh, Lori Pye and Jeanette Paris, their perspective, uh, which is going to be a surprising one for sure. It's going to include eco-psychology. Sit tight for that. Before we get into all of that, let's get here. Let's do what I like to do at the top of every show, which is finding your breath, finding your breath in your body, a really simple practice of bringing your awareness to the interior sense of yourself. And just notice, there's not necessarily anything to do about it. You may find your breath starts to deepen naturally or speed up depending on where you are and what you're doing. You might be super excited or longing to discuss heartbreak and new approaches to healing. But just notice and in doing so, see if you might not bring just a little bit of depth to that breath, bringing yourself into your body as present as you can be so you can receive the presence that Lori Pye has to offer you today as we join together here discussing heartbreak and healing. That's right. You might even make an audible sound. To hear your sounds, the gift of your own attention is limitless, and it's free. We like it. Free stuff is super good. Also, uh, the other thing we like to do here on Marian Live is we like to find a portal of gratitude. Cultivating this perspective really helps us ground into this present moment. And it's not a cliche. Boy, how often do we hear, oh, we need to be grateful. You know, it's not so easy. I understand. One of the things that I like to invite folks to do, for those of you who are returning, you know that I I like to ask the the question, who has helped make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now or what you've already done or who you're being? This is a wonderful way to sort of climb into the inquiry of gratitude. 
<clears throat> My list is really long, but I'm going to keep it brief while you're going down yours. We can multitask here. Our honorary sponsor at the global level here at Marianne Live is OneWorldChildrensFund.org. If you're online, checking them out. They're uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. They envision a world where we act together as a global community to ensure all children have education, health care, and a safe home. Next in line on my list is the National Action Organization committed to changing the way our culture values each other. They make this program possible and programs like it. 100% of the proceeds goes to programming just like this. You can check them out online, N-A-C-T-I-O-N.org, for more information. And at the local level, the Open Secret Bookstore has been our sponsor for the last 10 years here at Marion Live. Uh, they've got the latest in meditation and revelation. If you like to troll around bookstores and you just happen to be in Northern California, you need to go there. We love books, and uh, we love books here on Marion Live in particular. And they've got not only new books um, uh, or resurrected books or books like uh, Laurie Pye and Jeanette Perry's uh, book, Heartbreak, New Approaches to Healing, Recovering from Lost Love and Mourning, but they've got some really um, great archives, things that uh, I don't know if you ever like to go to a bookstore like a divination. You just kind of walk around and see what book calls you. Uh, it's a really fun place to do that. You never know who you're going to meet. Check them out online as well, theopensecretbookstore.com, for more information. All right, we're breathing. <sighs> Your breath is probably breathing you. You might not be breathing it. It doesn't really matter. You're trying to get grateful, or you already are. And now we're going to turn our attention to our topic today. And, and boy, when we rally around heartbreak, we know that people are saddling up with all kinds of feelings of loss, grief, wounds, uh, you name it, uh, we get it, and you are in the right place today. Uh, Jeanette Perry has written a book called Heartbreak, New Approaches to Healing, Recovering from Lost Love and Mourning, and speaking on her behalf today is Professor Lori Pye, who I'm going to tell you a little bit about in a second, um, and we're going to tell you why, too, why, why Lori is uh, the ambassador for Heartbreak today. Um, we're so glad she is. She's joining us. But what we want you to know is that you can look at your broken heart with the curiosity of a naturalist, as you would pay close attention to your pet, for example, to understand what's going on. The pain of mourning and heartbreak is neurologically similar to being submitted to torture. And that there seems to be only one way to end that agony. Neurobiology calls it an evolutionary jump, and psychologists call it an increase in consciousness. The whole brain must reconfigure its connections and its thinking about love and relationships. A wider definition of love and a deeper understanding of its psychology will free you of the obsession for the missing partner and will teach your heart to love in a wiser manner right here on Marian Live. Oh, yeah, today we're going to make that happen, or at least we're going to start the conversation. <laughs> and Lori Pye, Ph.D., is going to help us do it. She comes from a background in education, health, and environmental and marine conservation. She holds a doctorate in cultural mythology and depth psychology, yippee, and is a leader in developing the field of eco-psychology. Dr. Pye teaches internationally and has multiple publications in peer-reviewed journals. She also founded uh, and directs the Veridi, I think that's how it's pronounced, or Veridi, Graduate Institute, International School of Eco-Psychology. She's going to tell us more about that as well. We are so happy to have you here, Lori Pye. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Marianne. Appreciate it. Love being here. 
Yeah, so Lori, um, let's talk a little bit about that you are going to be speaking on behalf of uh, Jeanette Perry, that you both work together and this is a subject near and dear to your heart. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, like I was your professor, Jeanette was my professor, mm -hmm. and um, as we became colleagues, we really found that our work was very symmetrical and uh, her thinking has furthered my thinking and in, in our collaborations together we, we hope that we've furthered other people's thinking. Mm -hmm. So one of the you know reasons why I'm speaking for Jeanette uh, this morning is, is one, uh, an accent. She, she felt like maybe her French accent was too thick and now I'm worried about my Texan accent. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll try to get through it. Um, uh, but the other reason was because we work so closely together. I do know her work. I've taught her work for many years, and, uh, you know, she was confident that I would be able to uh, speak for her. And this particular topic on heartbreak is not, as you so beautifully already articulated, uh, something that happens to just a few of us. Mm -hmm. Every person has probably incurred some sort of loss or heartbreak. And if you haven't, by the time the show's over, you're probably going to wish that you do have a heartbreak because that is one reason when the heart is pierced and open that you know you've really stepped into fully being human. Indeed. A beautiful invocation there. Um, I'm going to tell folks a little bit about Jeanette. If you're online, by the way, and you want to get a copy because you're really inspired already, uh, Heartbreak, just Google it. It's available on Amazon and wherever fine books are sold. Uh, but Jeanette Perry, Ph.D., she's a psychologist, therapist, and author. And I, as uh, Lori mentioned, have had the privilege of her being my professor as well. She is uh, gets a standing ovation pretty much every time she teaches uh, anywhere I know. She's just an extraordinary teacher um, and a healer. Uh, she was uh, trained as a psychologist in Montreal, Canada, where she was a tenured professor in the Department of Communications of the U of Quebec in Montreal for 15 years. And then in 1995, she became a permanent resident in the U.S. and a core faculty at the Pacifica Graduate Institute in Santa Barbara. It's great because her books have been translated into French, Italian, German, Portuguese, Spanish, and, and practically every language. And she's also an honorary member of the Carl Jung, C.D. Jung Society of Montreal, and, um, and on and on. She's a, just an amazing scholar, uh, particularly in this area. But Lori, one of the things that's so unusual about this work, uh, as I mentioned early on, is that it, it brings in the conversation around neuroscience, which is a mm. big buzzword these days. Talk a little bit about that. Well, as far as Jeanette's work, I mean, what she's really trying to uh, do is educate people on the necessity of educating yourself neurologically. You don't have to be a neuroscientist to understand that there's uh, things that you can do to try to help heal from uh, a trauma or a heartbreak or a, a terrific loss in your life. And a heartbreak doesn't just mean a broken heart from a love affair. You can have a broken heart from your favorite pet dying or having you know, lost a job or your home burned down or uh, a, an untimely death in your, in your family or social circle. So the, the idea that she's trying to, to suggest here is that we need to know what's going on in the body and in the heart and in the brain. Right. Beautiful. Which brings me to the next point, and, and that is that oftentimes when we have a heartbreak, at least in my experience and my career, uh, we don't always know it, Lori, do we? I mean, we've no. almost been accustomed to thinking about heartbreak and healing 
in a more traditional sense. Like we throw ourselves on the floor, I can't live without you, we get drunk or, you know, at the extreme, uh, sometimes even try to take our own lives and, and if that doesn't happen, we eventually move on. It's very dramatic and almost cliche. Uh, let's, mm. let's break this down and talk about what it really means to have a broken heart in the sense that uh, Jeanette is, is talking to us. About. Well, yeah, you know, you, you already kind of started that conversation with the idea of how we're accustomed to thinking about heartbreak, and that's been a, a long-time tradition of thinking, if, well, if you go through these particular stages, like, for example, the ones that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross laid out years ago in the 70s or 60s, uh, you know, denial, anger, acceptance, if you somehow went through these stages in, in this sort of linear fashion, then you would be okay at that final stage, and you, your heartbreak would be healed. Um, but what Kubler-Ross was doing in, in her great contribution to understanding loss is that she was actually observing how people mourned uh, either a terminally ill patient or someone who was sort of dying organically, like of old age or something. So it wasn't she wasn't necessarily dealing with uh, uh, something out of left field, a heartbreak out of left field, unexpected. So her observations were with long-term terminally ill patients. So that's that's one perspective where we've been sort of enculturated to think it's the same process, mm-hmm. and it's not. And also these are theories that Kubler-Ross put forward. They were never really uh, put through the ringer of scientific testing. Um, but if you've ever had a heartbreak, you know that it's not linear, for one, and whatever stages that you might imagine going through, they are not in any one order. You might be in denial one day, and the next next day you think, okay, I've accepted this, and then three minutes later you're in denial again, yeah. and you're, ang- you're angry at the world. <laughs> yeah. So there's, it's, the psyche doesn't work linearly. It doesn't even work cyclically. It's, it, you know, it, it, it has its own way of processing and working, and if we can kind of understand that, then we can at least have some compassion for ourselves uh, in the moments of heartbreak, knowing, okay, I'm in a mess. This is a messy situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And uh, punctuating the psyche doesn't work uh, linearly, sort of fits in the, the allopathic model of, um, we've heard again and again, means uh, that we need to be symptomless in order to be happy, which is also a, a false idea, right? That, that right. down the road, this whole idea that, you know, we need to have one feeling and we need to feel it all the time, which is happy. Otherwise, we need to be medicated or, you know, uh, diagnosed it, et cetera. That said, this brings up my next point here. Um, since psyche is messy and heartbreak is messy, um, that a broken-hearted person needs more than a diagnosis, like, mm-hmm. oh, you're depressed or, you know, you have adjustment disorder or, you know, even in the DSM there's something called complicated grief disorder, which means, for those of you who don't know, which means most of us, I had to look it up, um, uh, one year and one day you can get a diagnosis of feeling uh, grief over the loss of, uh, you know, being bereft of the loss of uh, a relationship and then you can get, you know, meds from a psychopharmacologist. I mean, this is absurd on some level. Let's talk about this a little bit. Well, first of all, I'm really wondering if you looked it up because, Marianne, you're one of the most psychologically astute women that I know. So I'm quite sure that you probably knew exactly what that was. But 
to, you know, your point hits on the idea that, that we think that if we're suffering a heartbreak or suffering uh, an unexpected loss of some sort, that that's, that's it, that we're never going to feel again, we're never going to love again, uh, we're never going to be able to give or receive again. That kind of thinking disconnects us from our nature. It disconnects us from who we are in our human nature. It also disconnects us in you know, ways from other people. It disconnects us from life. And that's when then we get into some of this DSM language um, or the medical model language, which is a terminology that Dr. Pre likes to use. And it's, it's much easier to understand. So many people don't even know what the DSM is. Mm-hmm. It's not that you want to go to the library and pick that up. Yeah. But just the, you know, the understanding is that there's a, there's a medical model for understanding many times uh, what it is to be human. It comes out of the scientific thinking. The depth psychology and archetypal psychology that Jeanette uh, furthers really is based in the humanities. And so it's not that, that there's all this data that you can look at and study that's going to make a difference in your heartbreak. That's the same thing as if you ran and tried to take a pill to ease the pain or you took a shot. Uh, to make uh, the, the the sadness and the depression and the and the loathing go away, it doesn't work that way. Um, medication doesn't always work for the psychological uh, traumas that we incur when we're dealing with loss. And the medical model is great for a lot of things. I mean, if I break a leg, I want to know that someone can put a cast on it and, and heal it. But if my heart is broken, I can't cast that. You can't put a cast around the heart, and actually, if you even try to do that metaphorically, you make it worse because you're walling yourself off and you're preventing anyone else from coming closer to you. So that's what that that you know medical model does right. in some sense. That's interesting, and, and transitioning from that conversation to Jeanette's curiosity, I, I can remember mm-hmm. her talking to us uh, in a class about, you know, when she put these two ideas together, the um, not that she just did this overnight, she's been looking at this for many years, as mm-hmm. have you, Lori, but the idea of um, heartbreak actually being grounded in the body, that physiologically, the neurobiologically, something actually happens, a lot of somethings actually happen in the body. So there is the physiological, biological component um, even, uh, as you said, though this is looked at through the lens of the humanities uh, in terms of the healing um, path, let's talk a little bit about what actually goes on in the body and start uh, you know, taking a turn into that direction of the, the, neuro, the neuroscience behind this healing method. Right. Well, you know, in your wonderful introduction, you, you touched on that as well, too, um, uh, that... Uh, Oh, I just, just went blank there, Marianne. I just totally oh, right. went blank there. Yeah, Can you right. rephrase that again I, for me? Absolutely. So we, I said in the beginning of the program that the pain of mourning and heartbreak is neurologically similar to being submitted to torture, right, that there's, right, there's a kind it. of agony and so forth and so on. But it actually is happening at the physical level, at the, at the psych, uh, not only the psychological level, but in, in our physiology and in our brain. 
And right. so I was asking you to sort of address, let's turn into the, the, the body portion of this, because even though you're not breaking a leg, your, your heart is actually broken in some sense, and not just metaphorically exactly, but, you know, I don't know, right in there. Yeah, no, no, you're spot on with that. And I think this is where Jeanette's work is so different and it's so set apart from our cultural books on heartbreak and healing, the three- or four-step process. She sets this off by saying, look, we have to be educated on knowing what's going on in the body and the brain because it's working together, that there's chemical reactions that hurt. That's right. And if we understand them, we can work with them. Exactly. And they do hurt. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk about that hurt, the world of hurt with heartbreak and new approaches to healing that heartbreak right here on Marion Live. More with Lori Pye when we get back. Don't touch that dial. You know you're in the right place. Uh, with Marion Live, right here with Lori Pye back in just a minute right after these messages. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host, Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. I mean, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. .com. Okay, so you have a couple of days off, and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries, for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights, and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. Welcome back. We're so glad you're here. This is going to blow your minds. Most of us think when we have heartbreak, I can remember a woman saying to me one time, 
You want to know the best way to get over a man is to get under a new one. Have you ever heard that? It's <laughs> really, really high great advice, people, you know. And in this culture that we live in, okay, a little levity here. Heartbreak does not feel good, as I said right before the break. If you're just joining us, Heartbreak, New Approaches to Healing, that's what we're talking about here on Marion Live with Lori Pye, Ph.D., uh, talking about Jeanette Perry's work as well. Uh, that's what we're doing here together. We're, we're exploring, we're unpacking heartbreak in a way that is very surprising. Now, like I was just saying, Lori, we've got um, the traditional way that we look at heartbreak, and you just helped us understand that that's definitely one paradigm, but, but the way you and Jeanette are looking at this is a whole different perspective and one that includes the neurobiological aspects. And I was just saying before the break, um, what does that actually mean for us, and, 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 and so what? Do you know what I mean? Understanding mm-hmm. what's happening mm-hmm. in my brain. How's it going to help me heal my broken heart, understanding right. my psychoneurological symptoms or whatever? Yeah, and it's such a great question. And, and again, I think I was uh, saying that this is one of the areas that sets Jeanette's work apart mm-hmm. uh, from most of the self, self-help books uh, that aren't going to really help you with this loss or this heartbreak. And because she does go into the uh, neurology of it as an evolutionary jump. And what she means by that and what neuroscientists means by, mean by that is that there is a consciousness process that is involved. There's an educational process that you can engage in in understanding, you know, when the heart is actually almost physically feeling like your chest is bruised and hurt. That's why the metaphor of the broken heart is so powerful in our psychology. But what Dr. Pree is doing is she's suggesting that the mourning needs to be given the right place in your psychology. It needs to be recognized and have a place in your daily life so that it doesn't destroy all the meaning in your life. It doesn't destroy the potential for new love. So when we experience heartbreak, psycho-neurologically in the sense, what we're looking at is when there's a crucial attachment that's broken, your brain responds to that just like if, if you were in a car accident or if a drug addict was deprived of a drug. It's a, it's a, it's a, a chemical, neurological, physical um, uh, trauma that the body undergoes. And at the reptilian level of our brain, which uh, Jeanette wonderfully uses the metaphor in the imagery uh, of the crocodile, that crocodile psychology, many times what happens with the crocodile, because it's a reptilian animal, it functions on instincts. If that's where we're at, our crocodile will lash out. Um, it will, you know, it will grab you. It will try to eat you up and swallow you because it's so angry at you or it doesn't want you to leave. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same kind of psychological process based on these primitive reflexes of fight, flight, or fight, or freeze, or, which you've already alluded to, sex. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just don't go get under another man or woman if that's where your heartbreak has happened because then you're really operating with just that crocodile reptilian reaction and that's not going to do anything to help the hurt or heal the heart but it will keep you stuck in the trauma of that loss so that's so fascinating and and i think that when we you know step back from this conversation i I have a tendency to think of the the time where i was hanging on to somebody's ankle literally begging them not to leave me i you know as a young kid and 
and it felt like I could die and that this mm. person was going to leave, right? Mm-hmm. And this this image conjures for me uh, within the context of what you were saying, it reminds me of the chicken or the egg. I wonder, and I'm not sure, it might be a both and, Lori, but help me out here. Um, if some of us are predisposed, let's say we have an attachment wound. You were talking about the chemical attachment when that's broken. If that happens really early on, are we more prone for heartbreak or, you know, does it exacerbate heartbreak? And and this is relevant to even talk about. You know, there's a lot of talk about attachment issues here. Is that what we're talking about? Can Can you enlighten us here just a little bit? Well, I think we can be certainly prone to addiction. Um, you know, it's not really, we can't really say we're prone to heartbreak. I think being human, part of being human means that you're going to, at some point in your life, suffer a broken heart. Uh, in literature, the metaphor and the image of that was the pierced heart, or the, the, the search for the grail had to, the person who, who did that had to have a pierced heart. The heart had to be pierced in order to find the grail. Um, and so if we think about this psychologically, you know, we talked about the neurological reptilian brain, but what you were just describing was the next uh, phase that Jeanette talks about, and that's the puppy brain. Oh, please don't leave me. If you leave me, I'm going to die. You know, give me, give me, give me. I need you. I need you. That, that little abandoned puppy is the next part of that. And these two areas is where we really get stuck in a heartbreak. We're either that crocodile and we'll chew up anyone who comes close to us, um, or we're the puppy and we're whining and crying all the time. It's not to judge these particular psychological states, but it is to understand what's going on in our adrenal uh, capacity. You know, there's, there's adrenal uh, pumps. There's, there's norepinephrine. There's, you know, things happening in our brain with cortisol. There's all kinds of neurochemical, emotional, psychological activity. And in a sense, we're really putting our autonomous nervous system in overdrive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and so how can we actually be calm and try to figure something out when all of this chemical neurological uh, activity is going on? And so what happens that we start to respond instinctually? And that is where Jeanette's work is so critical because she's saying, look, understand that's what's going on, that that's a reaction. But if you really want to know how to move into the wise human to understand how to heal from these traumatic events of heartbreak, then you can understand what's going on neurologically. Okay, I've had a heartbreak. My brain is is scattered. It's fried. My chemicals are out of whack. I'm physically exhausted. All I can do is beg or cry or, as you say, you know, um, be angry. And so if you can recognize these reactions in yourself, and then you can say, oh, that's my crocodile. Oh, that's my puppy. And see, there's a, there's, a, there's a shift that happens in that, and it's a reflective shift. And that is where that evolutionary jump starts to happen in your brain. You're doing some self-reflecting instead of continuing to be angry, to blame, to cry, to, you know, throw the last dish in your cabinet across the, the floor. You're starting to reflect and say, okay, I'm seeing something going on in my and it's affecting my body. And this is the big psychological change that she is teaching us through her book. It's really the only way out of a heartbreak because you have to go through it, but you have to go through it with some um, psychological 
capacities. That's right. When we get back, we're going to talk more with Lori Pye about exactly how to do that, how to capitalize on understanding our crock brain, our puppy, and our mature human using that frontal lobe uh, to move from reaction to wise human here. And uh, when we get back, we're going to talk about there's some great stories in, in the book, too, as well, that illustrate that it doesn't matter how old you are, boy, this is a, an ongoing life lesson here. So you're all in the right place no matter where you're at on your path with love and heartbreak. Uh, you've tuned into Marianne Live, and we're so glad you're here. Heartbreak, new approaches to healing. More when we get back right after these messages. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Shh, over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET. They've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 on car insurance? Well, this makes sense. Since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote. Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net Everybody, who knew that neuroscience is going to help us get over some heartbreak? Or not even get over it. I don't even like that term. Uh, move through. Move through this really natural, necessary part of our process of being human, as Lori Pye was saying, you know, this is, this is just the what is. We're going to get our hearts broken. But if we look at it from a new perspective, uh, using Jeanette Perez's work, heartbreak, new approaches to healing, and, and the way Lori Pye is talking about it, we, we've got some hope. We get to take a new perspective. Lori, before the break, we were talking about the different parts of the brain uh, that illustrate how the drama ensues and, and how we can use them to recover. The, the crocodile, that being that reactive part of the brain, the oldest part, the puppy, uh, that mammal brain, and these are reactive states. And, and how do we move from there uh, when we're in heartbreak or, or in some kind of a heartbreak crisis to the wise human using that frontal cortex. And so the question that's on deck for all you neuroscience geeks or wannabes or folks that are just interested, there's a term that uh, Jeanette talks about, which is neurogenesis. And 
And basically, uh, you, you're going to tell us a little bit about what that is, and we get to be super geeked out with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'll, I'll say what it is, and then I think, you know, it's interesting to also kind of get that kaleidoscopic uh, perspective going and move sort of further out a little bit to get our hands around what we're really kind of talking about here. But neurogenesis and the neurological aspect of uh, Jeanette's uh, ex- explanation of heartbreak is really educating yourself on how the brain can form new patterns, new synaptic connections. And if, it, if, if you don't um, work psychologically with yourself, uh, you don't try to educate yourself on what's going on with your body, then you don't offer your own you don't offer yourself opportunity to form new patterns. Yeah, you and end up with the same relationship you had exactly, last time, right? Exactly. You get involved with someone, you become the crocodile, the puppy again, and and it just happens, and you get into a cycle. Yeah. And so uh, that's really, that's just one heartbreak on top of another. Yeah. And then you start to wonder, you know, where is there value and meaning in my life then? Yeah. You become a victim to heartbreak. That's right. And we start feeling, yes, exactly. Like, oh, that's when I start to hear from clients and folks, you know, oh, there's no good men out there. Or, you mm-hmm. know, it's just we're shut down and we're, we're really pinched off. And what I'm hearing you say and reading Jeanette's book myself again and again, and I recommend this book to clients all the time, it's, it's turning towards, turning towards the interior, those realms, paying attention. Uh, to uh, the, the the cues and the signals, right? The, the the physiology, the racing heart, knowing when we're having a reaction. I was saying, Lori, before the break, that Jeanette has great stories in the book that really do exemplify exactly what you're talking about. Story after story of people who catch themselves mid stride, you know, trying to recover and then maybe falling back into a pattern. But this, these tools help us to shore up, to get resourced, which like you just said it, you nailed it, to be in the conversation, right, to be in the, mm-hmm. the awareness, the consciousness around this, this process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think where Jeanette goes with that, that again sets her work uh, apart from any kind of traditional uh, psychological uh, work in heartbreak or trauma. Really, there's not that much uh, good literature around how to work with heartbreak or trauma other than Pop psychology that is just a few-step process that we know doesn't work. But what her suggestions are really getting to know yourself and the nature of who you are. And that's where the eco-psychological element is kind of interesting because, again, a heartbreak is not a natural. It's a natural process of being human. And to understand what's going on with ourselves or educate ourselves, we're adding to our psychological repertoire of of how to deal with it. So, for example, you know, what was that heartbreak like? It was like an earthquake. It shattered my whole life. Well, that's an image. You can work with that image, and you can understand how to, um, you know, sidestep a crack and not fall into it. Or it was like a volcano. It just just exploded, and, and the next thing I knew, I was burned to a crisp. So these are images that that help us understand trauma and loss many times in our life. And essentially what we're doing is really just trying to understand the nature of who we are in these particular uh, times in our life. That's what I think Jeanette means by, you know, the wise human, living a psychological life. Don't bury your head 
under the sand as to what's going on for you. Be curious. Ask who just showed up here. Who just said that? What just happened? And that kind of inquiry does take you into your interior life, just like you said a minute ago. It's beautifully articulated. And that's, that's sort of a ecological, psychological way of going into the nature of who you are to understand, wow, we humans do have patterns and they're part of our structure. And, uh, when we, we get, we get uh, hit with a, a broken heart, you know, we have to change some patterns. We've got to change the crocodile pattern or the puppy pattern. That takes us into a completely different way of being human. Absolutely. Now we're moving into the wise human. I love this, this, this ecological landscape because we have a tendency to get so tunnel visioned or even the narcissistic wound will rise up, you know, especially in the mm. Western culture where we start to think everything is only happening to me and we get paralyzed, um, you know, and so on and so forth. We, we just mm-hmm. get sort of stuck. But this, this ecological landscape that you offer us gives us room to move out of being shut down, pinched off, cut off, or, or stuck in the victim mentality. And we get to, to see what else is true, right? Look around. Right. I, I love this. This is so clever right. and, and real. It's real. It's, it's, and, you know, again, it's, it's the idea of, of living a psychological life, and I know a lot of people may not like that word, but essentially all it is is, is understanding who you are. And the, the way we use uh, living a psychological life at, at, uh, in eco-psychology, we, I would say, becoming more relational. And so how do you understand how to become less codependent, less victimized? Well, you, you might want to be uh, curious about what can I do to become more relational? How can I understand that puppy or that crocodile or recognize where these emotions come from? So, you know, I don't try to find them in every person that I meet. Yeah, you know, and I'd like to turn that mirror back on the self because I, I notice, at least in my experience, Lori, that oftentimes people don't think about being re- relational when they're alone. When the truth is, is when you turn into that deep interior, we have this cast of characters, right? You, you just brought up three. We are in relationship with ourselves and all of our many parts. James Hillman would be so proud of us right now for acknowledging this, the polypsychological kind of way of experiencing just the self, this expanded view. It gives us a more spacious way of being relational, right, instead of right. dependent on the physical other that oftentimes we still are projecting that person to be the cause of our pain. So, yeah, this is a great route to take. Let's get... Uh, practical here, not that that wasn't, but for folks who are out there going, you know, I love this, I love this map, I love this theory, I can't wait to get this book, I am so angry right now, I can't even see straight, and every time I see this person, I just go ballistic, or, or the other, I cannot stop going to text to see if, you know, if he's called me, if he's going to call me, if, if she's going to come back, or if that, you know, whatever. How, what are some practical ways that we can address right now to help calm uh, the the reptile and the mammal, the, the crocodile and the puppy parts of ourselves, Lori? Right. Well, I think that, that uh, you're so good at this, Mary. And I mean, that, that constant texting and the, the images that you just laid out, that's a, exactly the loop, I think, that we can get stuck in. 
And when we start to think, you know, and when you're in something sometimes it does take a little bit of you do have to maybe throw some plates. You maybe do have to text and email a few, you know, yeah, yeah, times. Yeah. But, but if you keep doing that for a couple of days, then that, that might be a little bit of a red flag that you're stuck in a particular uh, cycle that is not allowing you to heal. But we, I think it's important to know that these fears and these angers do come from somewhere. They don't come from just, you know, nowhere. And we, can, we can hear ourselves say many times that, that, you know, they just came out of nowhere. Well, they don't just come out of nowhere. They come from our, our heart. They come from our psyche. They come out of our psychology. They come from our brain patterning. And most importantly, they come from emotions that we have already experienced from the past. Something has gotten triggered. So our task to be a wise human and to heal from these heartbreaks uh, is to work to understand, well, where did this emotion or response come from? Who in me might have felt that before? What was the context? What was the situation? That is like, for me, putting on your naturalist hat, whipping out your your microscope and tracking back that, you know, particular bug to its nest. Ah, that's where it started. This is how I originally became vulnerable to being hurt in this way. Oh, that's you see now You see how much... You see the shift there, how you've educated yourself on, okay, wow, now I see something in my known before. Exactly, and it gives you a sense of agency, right? Yes. Your, your, your movement's happening. Should, something else is possible. This is beautiful. When we get back uh, more with Lori Pye right here on Marion Live, we're talking about heartbreak, new approaches to healing. Hey, we're going to discuss the difference between chemistry and uh, sustainable love right here on Marion Live. Oh, yeah, we're going to do it right when we get back after these messages. Back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've We've ordered ordered No More More Love Life Life Drama Drama for Us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camerata is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about core certification, certificate of responsible relationships, www.marianlive.com core certification learning tools to attract build and sustain great relationships also sign up for marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the northern california area www.marianlive.com 
What does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors, and their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now, it even gets better than that, because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com, and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. HealthyLife.net. Net, the Positive Radio Network. Oh, yes, everybody. There is hope for heartbreak right now, and, and I am not going to make light of this. Heartbreak has been, I have made such extreme decisions based on the end of relationships. And I just know you can relate. I mean, if you really, as, as Lori Pye was saying, if you're a naturalist and you go back with your little microscope and you start to investigate, we, we start to get movement. We start to see the tracks that were laid down, that we laid down, that we reinforce. I mean, it's, it becomes really, I mean, especially if you're a science nerd, it just becomes you're, you're in a, a sort of a bittersweet heaven because then you can have choice. We get to move in a different direction, and we're seeing a bigger truth here. And, and on that note, Lori, right before we went to break, we were talking about, you know, this, this whole idea of having more choices, of, of being able to, uh, through um, understanding that you're a psychological person and educating yourself, that, that we can, in fact, heal. But one thing that seems to stump a lot of us, is the sense of, you know, uh, I, I hear this so often, really. Uh, why are you in this relationship? Because I love her. Because I love him. And yet the relationship is just filled with pain and, and, and not that, not love in a sense. Can you help us make this distinction here, the difference between this chemistry we feel and this a sustainable kind of love and why we keep going for the, the junk that hurts us. And I know it's couched in what we've already talked about, but it feels important to point out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great question. It really is, in the sense, the crux of Jeanette's uh, work and, and her book as an essential uh, guidebook for really understanding uh, what you're talking about. And I think what you're talking about, Marianne, is the education of the heart. And the education of the heart is like an initiation. You do go through these moments that you might want to die, that you want, might want to kill, that you just want to, um, you know, you're hurting so deeply and so profoundly. And I don't know any other word except that it is an education of the heart. But I think also what Jeanette is pointing to and what your, your question is alluding to is how do we reconnect to a, the, a part of ourselves that can live beyond the heartbreak. Mm-hmm. And, you know, love is the most essential factor of survival for us humans. Mm-hmm. It, it, love exists even in nature. But as humans, we need to understand the darker aspects of love. We can't just romanticize everything and think that there's no dark aspect to it. So, you know, understanding that love can also mean attachment, insatiable hunger, codependency, fusional love, obsessive jealousy. You know, these are all other another word for codependent or victimization. And how they connect with the instinctual brain is what we're trying to understand and learn about because that's what's happening. Once you see that and understand that, you can start to shift 
the behavior, and that's what's happening in the brain. You're, you're repatterning the brain. You don't just get rid of a heartbreak. And, like, you just don't get rid of a particular pattern of behavior that you grew up with. But you can change your relationship to it. Yeah, yeah. You change your relationship to the place in the heart that was broken. Well, that's a beautiful way to contextualize this. Uh, and it really brings up, we've, we're coming up to the top of the hour, brings up the, the idea of differentiation. You know, when you talk about we're learning about ourselves, what we're, do, what we're doing is becoming less identified with the heartbreak, right, moving away from it, seeing what the choices are, understanding what's happening here. But even more than that, there's this sense that, that I love, which is uh, this idea that we've, we've actually objectified love, you know, mm-hmm. We think because someone left that, you know, that all is lost. And the other thing I love about Jeanette's book is that it, it really does invoke this question of what is love? You know, is it, it, does it originate from me? Uh, where, where, where does this come from? And it's back to that sort of that point about chemistry versus real mm. love. This is sort of where she's pointing us to that, that love isn't a person. It's the way we're, as you said earlier, in relationship with another and that we can still love someone even though we're not with them. We can love ourselves even when we're hurting and that these dark parts are nothing to climb over or kick to the curb there to be embraced and healed and so forth. So this is just really rich, uh, a rich recontextualization of, of this process of differentiation. Wow, Lori, uh, how beautiful. Oh, we're so lucky. We're so well, lucky. Well, you know, your, your, your questions are, are really good too, Marianne, and, and just really quickly on that idea of chemistry and, and sexuality and sustainable love. Yeah, I think it's important, and one of the things that Jeanette points out, points out is that Sexuality is such a powerful instinct, and it has so many chemical reactions that help us express it. But it also has a a psychological and spiritual aspect to it. And if you think about traditions, there's been traditions in almost every culture that explore the highest levels of sexual connection. And and interestingly enough, that's what helps one move away many times uh, from possessiveness, jealousy, that crocodile brain or the, you know, puppy brain, give me, give me, give me. So when you think about the why is human and human sexuality, you're you're talking about the you know what is my relationship to the lover, but that doesn't mean the other lover necessarily. It also means me. What is my relationship to the lover, you know, as as myself? And love is a door. Something I think you were alluding to beautifully. Love is like a door. You know, like good sex or a competent lover is a door that we can go through. I'm looking uh, for who we are in that, and it, it helps us become more relational as a partner. It's kind of paradoxical, um, but again, uh, as we become competent lovers to ourselves, we become more competent lovers to the other. That's just gorgeous. Uh, thank you for that clarification. And uh, there's more to be had, everybody. Get a copy of Heartbreak: New Approaches to Healing, Recovering from Lost Love and Mourning. Uh, better still, find out where Lori Pye and Jeanette Perry are going to be hanging out. Uh, you want to learn firsthand from some real heart-based scholars. You will not be sorry that you uh, sought them out. For more information, as we come up to the top of the hour on Lori Pye, Lori, how do folks get a hold of you? They can go to Virtus Graduate Institute. 
virtusinstitute.org. And Jeanette can be found at JeanettePerry.com. Just on the side, Jeanette is Professor Emeritus at Pacifica, where she's retired, but we are fortunate enough to have her as uh, core faculty with Veritas Graduate Institute now. Gorgeous. Well, you're lucky to have her. She's lucky to be with you. The two of you, oh, what a team, and uh, the gifts are just overflowing here. We're, We're so grateful, Lori, as we come to the top of the hour Hearts full, no matter if they're broken or not, we might be broken open. What do you want to leave us with as we come to the close? Well, I, I think, you know, Jeanette's work is uh, really what I would leave you with, um, that she's inspired me not only to start uh, Virtus Graduate Institute, but also I think she inspires people through her work uh, to live a, a more relational, psychological life. And it's not that the dark things aren't going to happen or that we're not going to have a broken heart, but we'll have the necessary capacities that we need in order to heal ourselves so that we can continue to love again. Gorgeous. Thank you so much for taking your time and care, and I can feel your heart, and I just know that our Mm. listeners have uh, the pleasure of of knowing you, Lori. Thanks for being with us today. Marianne, you're one of my favorite people. I would talk with you anytime. (laughs) Thank you. I'm blushing. (laughs) All right. What a great show. So happy to have Lori Pye with us, Dr. Lori Pye, talking about Jeanette Paris' work, Heartbreak, New Approaches to Healing. One of the favorite books on my shelf. I I recommend it all the time to clients and friends and people that I love. It's uh, been such a wonderful uh, template for me uh, to re-understand what heartbreak is. So I hope you enjoy getting yourself a copy. Next week, joining us, Dr. Uh, Renato Calabria is going to be talking about body dysmorphia, where surgeons need to draw the line. You don't want to miss this program. Mark your calendar. Take a breath. You're grateful. You've just been filled up. And go ahead and do something for somebody else today. Don't let them know you did it as part of your third-party practice today here at Marion Life. Make it a great rest of the day, night, or morning that you're having, and we'll see you next time, everybody. Take good care until then.